From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Yep, sitting in the host chair again. I think you're starting to understand the drill. When we're doing these Ben thinking, it's just easier for Scott to be able to think and not have to host and think at the same time. So hard to think <laughs> and talk at the same time. Yeah, it's kind of like chewing gum and walking at the same time. You got to choose which one you're going to go for. Difficult. Right? So we have just decided that for the next few episodes like this, we're just going to embrace this change. We haven't heard like any riots or uproars from, from the crowd. So uh, going to go with it. But before we go any further into this specific podcast, I'd love to introduce you to the worthless servants around the table with me. To my right is my husband, Scott Armstrong. Hello. And next to him is Dario Richards. Hello. And next to him is Natalie Franco. Hi. And we are here today. And just as I already mentioned, we are doing a Ben Thinking episode. Uh, I think you know what that is if you've been a longtime listener. Uh, however, if you're not a longtime listener, there are opportunities that we just like to tell you what we're thinking about because the Lord moves in mysterious ways, Natalie. Who knows what he's doing in your life? It's different than what he's doing in my life. And sometimes we just like to give a platform for other people to talk about what God's doing and moving in their hearts and their minds. So today we are going to hear from Natalie and we're going to hear from Scott, but I think I'm going to allow ladies to go first and definitely beauty. Thank you. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so I'm going to ask Natalie, what have you been thinking, Natalie? Okay. Um, so a couple of days ago, I was um, listening to a, well, actually I was watching a Instagram live mm -hmm. from Lucas Lace. And he was in 15 minutes giving me, I'm going to say me because I don't know if, it's, if it was the same for the other uh, people. He was giving me a spiritual, help me with this, Scott Cocotazo. A cocotazo? Uh -huh. oh, yeah, yeah, like a, a like, slap upside the head. Yes. Oh. But before you go, Dara was like, I yeah. need to learn That's this word. That's a serious one. Yeah. <laughs> cocotazo. Cocotazo. Yeah. <laughs> Grabbed it right away. <laughs> and tell us who Lucas Lays is, because not everybody knows that name. And I think it's a good resource yeah. for people oh, yeah. to know who he is. Um, he is a leader. He's um, developing, uh, developing um, resources mm -hmm. for the church, uh, especially uh we're talking about leadership and the church and, and youth, and young youth, people. Yeah, and young he's probably the most well-known youth leader or trainer in the Spanish-speaking world. Uh, not just in our denomination, but in, in all Spanish-speaking world, uh, the leading resourcer uh, or trainer of, of youth ministry. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, and he was saying he was talking about spiritual hygiene. Mm. Yes, hmm. that sounds a little huh. personal, Natalie. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, um, so he was like giving five points. Uh, he just, I know maybe there are more points about spiritual hygiene, but he was giving five points to keep you with hygiene. <laughs> <laughs> to keep you right I, where listen, you need to be. Listen, I'm with as you. As you're talking about hygiene, spiritual hygiene, I'm like, okay, so the opposite of being hygienic spiritually is to have spiritual BO, body, body odor. odor. <laughs> body odor. And so now I'm okay. like intrigued. Okay. These are five tips you're saying five to tips. help me not be spiritually uh, smelly. smelly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. We don't want anybody to smell bad. That's right. <laughs> That's right. This so episode these, is for you. So these are some advices. <laughs> if you have that situation. Okay. <laughs> if you have that situation. Uh, the first one is resting. He said, 
rest in sanctifies you and it's a mandate. Yes. Like it's a mandate. We must rest. The second one is uh, play again. Oh, play like play another time. Yeah, yeah, play another time. Uh-huh. With friends, with family, he advises that it is good for your um spiritual hygiene. The th the third one, it it's also interesting, nourish your mind. Nourish your mind. Uh-huh, nourish your mind. The fourth one, invest more money in friendship and in experiences than in things. Mm. The fifth and last one, Uh, take care of your finances. This is going to help you take care of your finances and don't use more money than what comes in. This is this is interesting because I thought when you said spiritual hygiene, I thought it was going to deal with read your Bible mm -hmm. and it was going to deal with pray all the time. I and know, it's like I know. the five <laughs> things he mentions could be like, even if someone's not a Christian yep. are just good things as a human to put into practice. We have to. And I think it, it it's related because it helps to to keep peace in our heart. Like when I was just reading the 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 about the money, if we have trouble with money, then we're gonna lose the peace, and then obviously it's gonna not gonna help us with our spiritual hygiene. I don't know. I think it was good to have that one to win there. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was thinking more about the rest in one because um, sometimes when we are oh, all the time serving, all the time. Especially, like, I have to confess, like, I am one of the people that are in here and then in there, in there, in there, serving there. It's not all the time good for your body to not rest. And sometimes we think that if we stop and we are losing potential or we are not growing or... And we think we're not productive if we take a rest. And God has been teaching me a lot about resting and how important it is. And also, I found this really interesting because I've been talking with uh, lots of pastors these days. And most of them, they are from the baby boomer generation. And they have been saying, resting? When we are in heaven, I'm going to rest. Yeah. Mm. Literally, we do hear that, actually. Yes, and I'm like, okay. So I don't have like a good example of rest. <laughs> My pastor is one of the examples. He he works a lot in the ministry. So mm -hmm. and we as the board of the local church, we all always try to tell him, Pastor, you should take a vacation. Like you you need it. You've been always since he started, he has been every single Sunday, but the Sundays he was sick, like on the temple, and we we've been like You should take care of yourself more. You should rest more. And he said the same. We're going to rest when we are in heaven. Mm. So I think, I don't know what you think about that. Well, but. well like people say this and it's a badge of honor, but yeah. like, it's actually not biblical. No. You know, like, no like, this thing. like and I, and I've fallen into this. Like I, I want people to know I'm busy. I want people to know, like, no, I'm a hard worker. One of the worst insults for me would be if someone was like, Scott is lazy. You know, for me, that would be, that would be an insult, a massive insult. And so what do I do? Well, I keep up the image of like, oh, I'm always busy. Oh, I'm always just staying up late and doing work. And I'm all, you know, and it's not healthy. No, mm -hmm. it isn't healthy at all. Um, I think that's why God reminds us of the importance of Sabbath. So mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a real spiritual practice. Um, but then it also trickles over into our physical health, into our mental health. Mm -hmm. um, if you're not intentional in pausing and resting, 
you know, we start to be smelly all over, <laughs> just spiritually. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we can't, you know, for those of us who have families, you can't be present for your family. You're always agitated and angry because you're tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't think clearly. So you're not being able to be, you're, 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 present but you're not productive you're just sitting at the table staring at the computer wow. where nothing yes. is coming mm-hmm. you know because you're not being productive and i think it's just one of the reflections of the age we're living in you know we're we're you know social media has us in this state where we need to keep up appearances and you know appear you know our our productivity is is evident not by what we actually produce but if we appear to be busy you right. know? Yeah. it's so unhealthy you know it's so unhealthy yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've had that conversation on other podcasts when AJ was a part of the cast, and that's something that AJ and Chelsea really learned while they were here in the Dominican Republic. So I'd encourage you to maybe find some of those episodes. I think one was literally called Sabbath, Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to hear some more conversation around that. Was there anything else that got your attention from the list, Natty? Um, Yeah, the one he said, nourish your mind. I like what he was saying, not only to read something, like to only read and... Like, besides the Bible, of course, um, but to read a book that is going to help you. He was saying, try to find different thoughts, like, from your thoughts. Like, not not read something like, okay, I think this way, then I'm going to read this because mm. that author is going to think the same way. So I'm going to, like, learn more about what I've been thinking. But he's like, no, try to find things that of people who think different from you so you will learn more you will nourish your mind i think we should do that and of course it's going to help us spiritually because it's going to fill us with what god has been teaching others that can help us during our like in our daily life i don't know what you think well that is a balance that i always try to find i I think it's interesting he wants us to find people people that challenge us. Mm -hmm. And I totally agree with that. I don't, I I see how more and more we literally have been able to curate our timeline or to only follow people that we want to follow. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so I'm just going to get people that think exactly like me, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you never ever are, are thinking differently. Uh, You always view other thoughts as completely different at the same time man, I follow so many people that think differently. And sometimes I just like, this is wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I still am trying to determine like, okay, I'm going to still follow them, but it is hard to read some of the stuff that I just feel even, even ethically or even, uh, you know, spiritually is just a mishandling of scripture or, you know, and, so I'm still doing that. I, I think it is good, but what is that balance? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What is that balance so that it's not like, ah, oh, this is, I'm learning a different perspective, but also this is discouraged. Like it's discouraging to read this, you know? Yeah, I think there's some, even using that word hygiene that he chose to use. I think about it in the way of um, like beauty products, you know, shampoos and, and soaps and makeups and stuff like that. And we all use shampoo. We all use soap. And there are points in our lives when it's like, I need a different product. Like I've had something else and you might try the different product. This time like, this really works for me. And you try it and you're like, this made me break out. Like this did not really work for me, you know? And I think even adding in some streams every once in a while, it's good to like bring in some differentness because you might be like, I didn't even know this existed and it's amazing. And you bring it into your life. But there's other times you bring things into your life that, to your point, Scott, I think sometimes um, 
we can bring those words into our lives and allow the Lord to reveal to ourselves. And I even know in my own uh, spirituality that happened for me a few years ago when like the racism topics came up, I brought more streams into my life intentionally and I am being shaped and molded. And it's like, I've kept them there because it's like, I need this in my life, but there's other things that I've pulled in and it's like, I don't really need this. You know, like it's not helping me. It's not, the Lord's not challenging me. So I think it's, it's a both and in that conversation. Things for bringing that. I think Lucas Lays is amazing. And I think we should all check out his resources. We should probably link to that in show notes in here so that people can find him easily. Scott, we'd love to hear for a few minutes what you've been thinking about. Yeah. I have been thinking about something that's now being known as diaspora missions. Now, before I go into that, yeah, yeah, (laughs) no, diaspora. (laughs) Um, First of all, I just want to ask before we even, you know, kind of dive in, what do you understand by the word diaspora? We, we are a podcast that deals with missions, obviously, but diaspora, what do you understand by that word? I understand it as like it, it, super simply the scattered church. Okay. The church that is scattered and not just in one place. Yeah. Well, and even not just in a church, church sense, right. even in the Dominican Republic, if there are Dominicans in New York, that's the diaspora. Okay. Okay. So they're not living in their country of origin. Uh, they are outside the Dominican Republic, Bar- Barbadians that are in another yeah. country or whatever. And so even in newspapers, actually, they'll say, so the diaspora, like the president is uh, making sure that some of these uh, policies are in place to help affect or help to impact the diaspora, you know? And so currently a new phrase is being used that's called diaspora missions. Now that you kind of know what diaspora is and the scattered church or the scattered people, what would you guys think could be diaspora missions? What would, I mean, and and it's okay to just kind of to say offhand, this is maybe what it could be. Yeah. I think, I think from my perspective, um, in the Caribbean, a lot of persons in the diaspora, they actually struggle. So for example, we have, whether it be Barbados or Jamaica, a lot of people leave the islands looking for better opportunities but then when they get to, say, the Jamaicans get to New York, you know, in Jamaica, they had one job. It wasn't sufficient, but now they're in New York and they have to be working three, four jobs. They have two children, um, so they're struggling to raise their children, you know, meet, get their ends met. You know, it's just a struggle, uh, but they are hoping for better opportunities. So immediately, I just think about for that type of mission, you know, how... Can we serve those individuals? They're looking for better opportunities. They're having a difficult time. Um, In their minds, it's still better for them to stay there than to come back home. How can we provide services? How can we provide programs to help, whether in their transition, to help child care, you know, um, to help some persons even with their um, documents and visa issues. So, so I guess that's the immediate thought that came, that came to mind. You know, instead of being the voices that say, "Oh man, if you're struggling, just come back home. Why you want to go over there to struggle?" As <laughs> as people do say, you know, how do we help ease the burden they're experiencing in a foreign land? 
Yeah, that's very good. You hit it on the on the head. Uh, you can include refugees in there, yeah. but it's not just refugees. Some people have chosen, I'm going to work in a different country and, uh, you know, whether it's finding a better life or they just had an invitation, right? Some have family there and have said, okay, now I want to, to live, you know, and be with my family in another country. But what are the missional implications of that? That is currently on my mind right now. And honestly, there are implications. One could be, for example, the fact that people often say, man, you know, we need to go to the mission field, but the mission field has also come to us. Have you all heard that? Yeah. Yeah. The mission field has come to us. I agree with that in previous episodes. And maybe we need to talk about this in the future as well. Like, you all know my position on when people say we are all missionaries. Everyone's a missionary. Like I know that that comes from a good place, but normally it just means be a Christian, like tell someone about Jesus, which that's not being a missionary. That's just being a Christian. Like, like we've diluted what a Christian is so much that now we have to jumpstart people, you know, and say, no, you have to be a missionary. That's my, that's, you know, I know that's uh, controversial, but, but anyway, what I'm saying is, what if truly everyone, if we said everyone is a missionary and everyone needs to think like a missionary, I may live in this city, in my, in my country, let's say even in the Dominican Republic here, right? So if there are people from Haiti, that's the diaspora, mm -hmm. right? But a lot of times we just view them as like they're alongside us, but we're not going to intentionally do anything for them. Hmm. But just as you said, Dario, they are experiencing life in a different way. This is a time of vulnerability. This is a time of transition. Uh, this is a time where maybe documents aren't in order and there's fear and they're, yeah. and they're not really sure. Now we can say, well, why did they come and what's going, you know, but instead, even just from the standpoint of the church, our role is not to judge and to say, why did you come? And I, therefore, if it, I deem it not a good enough reason. I'm not going to lend you help. Right. I'm not going to minister to you. No, that's not our job. Our job is actually to just say, there is an opportunity. Literally other cultures are here. The mission field is here. How may we view our job here as missionary? If you're going to mm -hmm. say everybody's a missionary, then have, put on your missionary glasses and start to think not just about your own people, right. not just about your own language. And um, one example that I have of this was recently a church of the Nazarene in California was really noticing, my goodness, since the war in Ukraine uh, is happening in Russia and Ukraine, there are lots of Ukrainians that are moving in. They had read it in the papers, but they'd also seen it with their own eyes. There are lots of new people in the supermarkets that aren't speaking our language. And well, they decided, um, what could we do? They <laughs> Originally, I, I, from what I understand, they started to invite and let's just invite to a service and we're going to like translate and, and say, here, we're going to have a service. And it just didn't work. <laughs> they started to, they, they, they actually uh, sought out what a recipe for borscht was. Did, now, do you guys know what borscht is? Borscht is like the, the it's yeah. like the, it's a, based with, in, uh, it's like a soup or a stew with beets as the main, uh, as the main vegetable or as the main uh, ingredient. I am not a fan of borscht, <laughs> uh, but in Russia and in Ukraine, that is the national dish. That is so important. So they decided, well, you know what? We're going to just look up a recipe online. <laughs> For what I understand, this is how they did it. Look up a recipe online. We're going to make a bunch of this. And then we're just going to say, we're giving out borscht. Do you know 
that as a result of that initial decision that they now have like 30 to 40 Ukrainians that are coming every week that are learning about the Bible, that are eating borscht um, <laughs> and that, and, and, and they have found a way to minister to them. When we say everyone's a missionary, when we say the mission field has come to us, that is what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. That is the mentality that we need to have. And so diaspora missions, let's not just, you know, just kind of go on our way and this, well, I'm living my life and they're living their lives. Let's literally open our eyes to see where the harvest is white. The, the fields are white. And oftentimes that's multicultural right next door. So what can we do to help those people that are in transition, that are in, with uncertainty, but that are right next door to us? What does that look like? Don't have all the answers. Don't have all the strategies. Uh, that's why I brought it not as a full episode, but just as one of these, these times that, that I could mention that we've thought about it, but that is on my mind right now. Yeah, I think it's good. I think those are the things that we need to think deeper about and continue to figure out why these things are happening. And even at the beginning, uh, Scott, when you started talking, I just looked up, is the word diaspora in the Bible in any certain way, shape, or form, like in the Greek, you know, the word diaspora is not in English in any of the Bible, but it shows up three times. But even what I was thinking through as you were talking is it literally comes from the, the two different words that mean through and sowing or scattering seed. Mm. So dia is through and then uh, speiro is sow or scatter seed. And so as you were talking about that, it's like the receiving of the diaspora but I immediately started thinking about what is the most famous parable that Jesus gives when we talk about sowing seeds. Yeah. It's the sower and like God is scattering seed. Yes. Like God scatters the church all over the world. So even though the church in California has seen like there's an opportunity here to be you know, missional to these people and to have a ministry that's thriving. I think the other side of the same coin is what are these people doing to enrich our church life? Like God has scattered them to us and what are they adding to our life? What are they adding to our church experience? Are we the fertile soil? Are we the rocky soil? Are we the thorny soil? Are we just not soil at all? And I think sometimes we just think about, you know, what our life is in that, that, that parable. But when we think about God scattering the church, like we're the seed and it lands somewhere, you know, I think there's so many ways to think about it. It's or, interesting. Or even as missionary mobilizers, which we are, like I think a lot of times when someone decides, especially young people, they decide I'm going to leave the islands, right? We're in the islands. I'm going to leave our countries and I'm going to go somewhere else. We kind of feel the emotional response is we lost another one, yeah. right? We lost another good one, a good worker in the harvest, a good, but what if we were to train them? Yeah. What if we were to say, yeah. oh no, this, they are now going as some sort of a missionary, they may never have the title, yeah. uh, but but now we're sending them. They might be a student in another yeah. country, in another culture. You know, they might be a worker, but we want to send you. We want to equip you. We want to literally pray for you and send you out because you are now a diaspora missionary, essentially. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I read a quote very early in my missionary journey that said, um, you're either a missionary or a mission field. You know, there are only two types of people. You're either being a missionary or you're a mission field. You're either bringing the light of Jesus or you're in need of the light of Jesus. And your story reminded me of some friends that I have. They were actually refugees in Houston, Texas. You know, they um, 
horrible experience in their home country. They had to, you know, they became refugees in the States. And they're based there. And there's a part of Houston that um, whenever refugees come from wherever in the world, there's like a transition point in Houston. And they wanted to do something. And it was it was difficult because persons who come through, they don't stay long. You know, you probably have a few weeks with them. Um, but they come in, they're extremely poor. They, you know, what do you do? And they came up with this idea, um, a sports initiative called Cup of Nations. Mm. And what they would do is that, obviously, when most of the countries are coming from Africa, from the East, football fanatics, they love football. Yeah. The young guys love football. And they would do these refugee mini World Cups. You know, wow. so they would bring the boys together and they would run a tournament for, if, if they're there for eight weeks, they would have a tournament for six weeks. And this would mean from their ministry, they would assign the team's coaches. And obviously these coaches are like disciple makers. So they're coaching the boys' skills, but they're also training them on life and training them about Jesus. And they would do these cuts, highly competitive because you can't just do it for fun. If you do it for fun, they're not going to come. They want to compete. They want to win something. And it has been so effective in just how they have impacted you know, just these different refugees, these different cultures, but they also hold by extension that impacts the parents, you know, seeing this ministry take care of their children in such a way, they're having fun, you know, they're getting to do something they love, they're being cared for. And then out of that, for those who stay, they are being able to start so many different like home Bible studies and so many different um, community churches just by thinking strategically about how can we meet this community where they are at yeah. um so it just reminded me you know like wherever we are whether i'm in barbados or i'm in the dr i mean africa i'm either missionary or i'm a mission field you know and yeah. i hold the way hold the way burn the light of jesus you know just wherever i am planted you know? well scott i think you've shown us that we probably could have a full podcast episode on <laughs> Diaspora missions. Um, it has been so good to have this conversation and hopefully it's maybe introduced a little bit of new vocabulary. Maybe it's given some new ideas, both for ourselves and for the missional church. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Scott, for uh, bringing those topics to us today. Scott, if somebody would like to know more maybe about what you're talking about or find some more resources or listen to more episodes, where can they find us? Absolutely. First of all, tell somebody else about us. You can lead them to Apple Podcasts, you can lead them to Spotify, uh, Google Play, wherever, and subscribe yourself. Maybe this is your first time listening or, or, or whatever. And you can find us on MesoamericaGenesis.org, or of course, we're on all the socials. So Facebook under Worth of Servants, and I think similar or same on Instagram and Twitter. Great. Thank you for tuning in with us today. We are the Worthless Servants. I'm Emily Armstrong. I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Dario Richards. And I'm Natalie Franco. And we'll talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoamericaGenesis.org.